Merritt Street, we're building a new morning show where our guiding principle is to always value your time. We'd love for you to join us. Be part of our community. Each morning will be packed full of news, information, advice, and a lot of fun. And we promise we'll never waste your time. I'm Dominique Soxa. I'm Fanchon Stinger. Join us for Morning on Merritt Street. 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central. Essential Television. Happy Wednesday, Secret Squad. I'm Robin McGraw, and this is I've Got a Secret. This is episode four of The Secret to Turning Your Dreams into a Reality series, where I dive into the minds of the world's most successful and inspiring people. If you're tuning in for the first time, I encourage you to start at the beginning. For all you returning listeners, you will not be disappointed with today's episode. I'm here with Cindy Eckert, a self-made entrepreneur who sold her company for a billion dollars. You heard that correctly, one billion. Her product, Addy, is the first ever FDA-approved drug to address women's low sex drives. What's even more impressive is that this massive venture is not her only venture. Cindy is an advocate for women, founding a startup accelerator called The Pinkubator, which focuses on supporting companies founded by women. Talk about inspiring. Cindy, thank you so much for coming in to share your story. Thank you for having me, Robin. What a pleasure. Oh, thank you. This is a great series because I've been following. (laughs) Thank you so much for saying that because... I have had such wonderful guests, and I have looked so forward for you being here today. Oh, thank you. And you've got so much to share to the secret squad of listeners out there and, and for all of us here in the room. And we have really been excited for you to get here. And for all the listeners, I want you to know Cindy is the sweetest and kindest, most beautiful woman. <laughs> and we clicked the minute you walked in. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, is it the South? It's got to be a little bit of those Southern roots, for sure. <laughs> I think it is, and many more reasons. <laughs> but Cindy created a revolutionary product that changed the way that we approach women's sexual health. So let me just right now give you one big <laughs> applause and a, a big, huge thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, there were 26 for men. I thought it was about time that we had one of our own. Well, bless you. Can you, you. imagine that number I, difference? I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, just looking at that, you know something's wrong with that math. Yes. So let's just get started right now. And sure. I'm just going to let you talk. Oh, yeah, I mean, sure. that, that was a great fact that you just shared with us. Tell us some more. Yeah. I have a lot of questions, but I, I'm going to let you just start talking. So I'll tell you, my I'm a serial entrepreneur. I built one of those companies with one of those male drugs. So I was in that in the field, in this space, and I'm looking around, and this spectacular science is emerging in terms of our understanding of what it is biologically that can unlock desire in women. Mm-hmm. And this field, the field of sexual medicine, it not only makes me really popular at cocktail parties, <laughs> um, but it's also a really kind of relatively young field in medicine. Mm-hmm. So wonderful new scientific uh, discovery. And I'm looking at this science, and yet every big company is really running away. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, it's not on the basis of science. It's not on the basis of the prevalence, because as many women suffer from issues in the bedroom as men do, it's really on the basis of our societal narrative, mm-hmm. right? We, mm-hmm. When something goes wrong for a man in the bedroom, we say, oh, biology. 
Yes. How do we fix it? Mm -hmm. When something goes wrong for women, we say, oh, psychology. Mm -hmm. And we pat her on the shoulder and we tell her, Mm -hmm. take a bubble bath. And the reality is we're actually short selling both. You know, there are psychological factors that walk into the bedroom with us. But for men and women alike, biology walks in too. And that's why I became such a crusader in this area. Oh, I love this. I love that you are speaking about this and have taken that path to helping yeah. uh, women because you're such an advocate for women founding a this startup accelerator called the Pinkubator. The Pinkubator. <laughs> which focuses on supporting companies founded by women. That's another so, reason we get we, along so well because I walked <laughs> into this space and it is so much like the Pinkubator space. Yes. And I thought, you know, there's enough bros and hoodies drinking craft beer in the startup world. Why can't we have a beautiful space for women? Rosé on tap. Yes. And um, and really, you know, how do I help other women? I've walked a mile in their stilettos trying yes. to get funding, trying to have people see the market opportunity for an idea that uniquely affects women, even if the board table across from me was all in blue and gray suits and exactly. maybe couldn't relate. And so we look for these spectacular women truly disrupting, not only having a disruptive first for the market, the kind of things I want to see in this world, but they also often are disruptive in our notion of who it is that has the next billion-dollar idea. Okay, so Cindy, tell me when you created Addie. Yes. You were really thinking of women. How long did it take you to actually create Oh my gosh, it's such a crazy story. So The science was there. A German company had innovated this science, and yet it was sitting on a shelf. Nobody was doing anything with it. And here I was running this company with one of the male drugs. I'm at all these meetings, and I'm thinking, why is this happening? And I literally had a team get on a plane and go to Germany and say, we would like this science. And this is a remarkable piece of this story. They gave it to us. Really? They didn't sell it to us. They gave it to us. And I will tell you, I think they did sort of like, okay, good luck. (laughs) Because if you look at the industry, even the biggest companies, despite the fact that this affects at the the low end of ranges in all the studies, 10% of women, almost 40% of women Mm -hmm. at some point report Mm -hmm. something kind of going wrong in the bedroom, Mm -hmm. that it was extraordinary. So I end up coming back and I can I told my board I was running this successful company and men I said hey we're going to take this on for women and they really looked at me and said are you crazy none no. of the biggest companies have been able to do this and I went to an investor and I said I want to go get this he said I will write you the entire check go get it wow and I went there I ended up getting the science um I came back I sold off my profitable business in men. I went back to zero to take this on. But it was so important to me, and I'll tell you why. When I was sitting there and this wonderful science was emerging, and what it was was brain scan imaging. Mm -hmm. So if you think about medicine, one of the most exciting advances in the last decade or two has been brain scan imaging. Yes, yes. So take a woman who says, you know what? Once I had desire for sex, it's changed. I love my partner, and this is really bothering me. I want to do something about it. That's her profile. Put her in a PET scan. Put a woman with the normal ebb and flow of desire, but she's happy. Put them both, expose them to erotic stimuli. Mm -hmm. Their brains light up totally differently. And I thought, we're looking at a black and white scientific answer. 
but we're doing nothing about it. And that was really the impetus. But I spent a year still running this male company, just talking to women. As soon as I saw that science, I knew this German company was walking away. I did something so very basic, and that was I listened to women. Uh -huh. I sat down with women struggling with this. I understood what that looked like. And after a year of listening to them, I thought, well, if I'm going to listen to them, everyone's going to listen to them. And that's when I sold off the business and took it on. That's brilliant. Because, you know, Philip is always using brain mapping yes. on his show yes. when he's dealing with every age, actually, but young children not hooked on drugs, yes. um, angry adults, uh, all of the issues he deals with on his show, yeah. he will have brain mapping done, brain scans. Fabulous. And uh, he w he's actually a friend of ours, Dr. Jabor, uh -huh. is the expert that he will send his guests to, and they come back, and it's so amazing to see how their brains light up the areas of the brain Absolutely. when Dr. Jabor starts to explain why this part of the brain should be this color and it's not, and why a yep. healthy brain that don't have anger yeah. issues, it's lighting up this color. So you're so right in that when you did that, that told you they're yeah. suffering they're and su they don't know why. That's right. And I will tell you, I'll, I'll tell you a story. I went and it was such an important inflection point for me. It was a woman who had been in our trial. She knew she was on the product. She was in what's called open label trials. Uh -huh. Once they break the blind and they let people stay on therapy. And she'd written me and said, I want to meet with you and tell you about my experience. And um, she was close by. I went to a coffee shop. I was traveling. I'm always on the road. Um, and she walked in the door and we didn't know each other. I knew no idea what she looked like. I knew it was this woman walking toward me. I could see her from a mile away. Type A, totally in charge, totally prototypical of women who have this issue, by uh -huh. the way. Mm -hmm. And um, she sits down. She talks about two beautiful boys that she's raised. She runs her own business. And she adores her husband, who she's been with for a long time. And I think by all appearances, everything is perfect. And she said to me, I have succeeded in every aspect of my life other than this. And her marriage is falling apart over this issue. She's never interested. She she's very attracted, but she just never thinks about it. And I said, can I show you something? And she said, sure. And I popped open my MacBook and I started uh -huh. showing her these brain scans. And I'm geeking out and I'm yeah. telling her this and that. And I turn and she's just crying. And I thought, this is why I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. It's validation. Mm -hmm. She doesn't understand that this is something outside of her control. Mm -hmm. She can't mm -hmm. meditate it away. She can't take a bubble bath and solve right. it. And yet that's what we're telling her to do. Mm -hmm. And that's such a, there's such an injustice in that. I totally agree. I've and always said that about menopause and hormones. Yes. You cannot wish your way or bubble bath your way through. It's so true. Your low hormone issue. That's you just right. can't do it. You so can't. I, I'm thinking of that. When you said that to her, you were so you were saving her life. It's so pervasive in women's health, this sort of notion that became so obvious to me that like biology in men, psychology in women, uh -huh. um, and, and it shows up in data. So, you know, if you went to the ER tomorrow mm -hmm. um, and you followed a man, you presented with exactly the same symptoms, you'd wait longer. Mm -hmm. If you sure. literally said verbatim, and it's really because we think, well, you're just freaking out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we've got to be very careful about that. I don't think it comes from a bad place. 
I think it's well-meaning. I think we can even say to our girlfriends sometimes, like, mm-hmm. it's just a phase. This too uh-huh. will pass. But what we should say is, you deserve to talk to somebody about that. Uh-huh. I totally agree. And don't you think, or do you think, that women's sexual health and well-being is a taboo topic almost, uh-huh. where a man's sexual health and well-being is just talked about all Everywhere. the time. They they just champion talking about yes. it and that it's healthy and it's okay. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be. Right. But I'm just saying that women should have the same yes. privilege of of everyone wanting to talk about it as well and educating women. Equal consideration. Exactly. Equal consideration. I totally agree. Think about it. For the last 20 years, you can't turn on the TV, turn on the radio, whatever it may be, and not have been talking about men's sexual health in exactly. some way. Exactly. And it's really, it, it's so indicative of how much we value that in men mm-hmm. and we don't consider it in women. Right. And, you know, we we enter the bedroom uh, for pleasure and satisfaction mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just reproduction. And I, my sort of I. Radical thought is, you know, part of the, you can't have a female sexual revolution mm-hmm. and stop at reproduction. Right. And I think part of the reason it becomes so politicized and mm-hmm. everything else is because we've never really owned the conversation truthfully through pleasure. Mm-hmm. That's right. And the collective we, when women own it through pleasure, all of that sort of goes out the window. And we no longer are having a conversation that's either hypersexualized mm-hmm. and almost going for shock value, yes. right? Re- yes. Which is not how most of us want to talk about sex. That's right. We want a little bit of privacy, but we don't want it to be completely taboo. Mm-hmm. We exist somewhere in the middle. It's mm-hmm. part of our human experience, mm-hmm. and we should be having an honest conversation mm-hmm. about it. That's exactly right. And, you know, as we sit here, and I, I'm thinking, if I'm going to be honest and give you a list of what I perceive as a conversation about women's sexual attitude or yes. a, a conversation about women and their sexual being. Yeah. I think that most people would say, or I would say, well, if she wants it to be a perfect time in the bedroom with her husband, what's important would be sexy lingerie. Mm-hmm. Big smile on her face and happiness and to re- be relaxed and have fun and have high energy, but until my research with you for yes. you with this, with our podcast today, um, I myself probably would never have said, "Well, let's make sure her brain yeah. is working when it comes to her sexual well being." Yes, let's yes. make sure her brain is healthy. Yes, thank you for that because we all do it, and I can't. I've spoken to thousands of women. I've really had the privilege that women have written me mm-hmm. every day for a decade mm-hmm. and told me their most private struggles in the bedroom. And they really, they turn on themselves. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's very like us to yes. sort of say, it's our issue. Oh no, I should have worn sexier lingerie. I exactly. should have. Exactly. And, and I'm not saying that's what I truly think. Yes. I'm, I'm saying that in most conversations, it's, what it's usually that type totally. of a list. And for men, it is, well... You know, you have to be attentive, yeah, and you have to be nice and, and you know clean and smell good yeah. or you know whatever. And, and of course, you have to be able to really perform. And on that list would be pretty much 
is your brain healthy? Yes. Are you, do you need medication? Yes, that's right. Because that would be part of a conversation yeah, or part sure. of a list. Yeah. But I don't think anyone would ever put that on the woman's yes, list. Yes, they wouldn't. I, I can tell you. I've been walking this yeah. for a long time. And I think, can I tell you how, like what it means to me to see the relief? Yes, I can imagine. Not only for a woman to know, oh my God, when I raised my hand a thousand times and said, something's changed, something's different, can you help me, that I was right, that something had changed that I couldn't control. And by the way, same thing in a partner. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I gave a talk, in, I was in Washington, D.C., this was several years ago, and, um, and I, went up, I went to a Starbucks close by right after I gave the talk, and a man was standing behind me in line, and he tapped me on the shoulder and he said, I think the work you're doing is really cool. And I said, oh my gosh, thank you. How do you know what work yes. I'm doing? I was so sort of yes. surprised by it. And he said, oh, I was the AV guy in your meeting. And I said, well, thank you so much. And he like just reached out and held my arm for a second. And his eyes started to tear up. Oh. And he said, I just got divorced. I said, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. And he said, yeah, but I think this might've been it. Whoa. And he said, and I never considered that it wasn't about me. And I thought that's so true, though, mm -hmm. of all of us. Mm -hmm. When in a sexual relationship, we want to be wanted. And we believe that if something is off, if your partner goes to bed before you ever uh -huh. get there to avoid it, it's really all about you. They're not attracted to you, whatever yes. it may be. And his moment in those tears, I think he was going through every time she said to him, no, honey, I, I find you sexy. I love mm -hmm. you. I just never think about it. He didn't understand that something could be going wrong. Uh -huh. Brain-wise, mm -hmm. it could have been fixed. Oh, my. He didn't believe her. He yeah, took it personal. He took it personally. And, and so many guys tell me this story of, uh -huh. you know, I'm going to the gym every day. I'm trying to look better. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, mm -hmm. like trying everything. And she's still not interested. And that, you know, women who have this condition really describe it almost like, the switch went off. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if they're successful on our treatment, if they respond, they say, gosh, I had the, I had a fantasy. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the last time I had a fantasy. And what that tells you is how truly biologically wired we are uh -huh. as creatures to want sex, yes. men and women yes. alike. Yes. But it can be muted. And it's those little signs. It's not zero to 60. You know, right. the media calls this female Viagra, which on the one hand, contextually, I get it. Um, it's a it's a game changer for women. It was mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. first ever, but it's not how it works at uh -huh. all. And I think it sets up the wrong notion mm -hmm. as opposed to this really shift back into that range where you're thinking about it, where you see a sexy scene in a movie and you're like, looks good. Yeah. Or yeah. you're, you know, you're going out on date night and saying, okay, let's bring the check. Let's go. Uh -huh. um, it's very different. And it's that subtle shift back to really the normal they once knew. Mm -hmm. I did read uh, that you're not thrilled with it being called the yeah. female Viagra. And I'm yeah. glad that you just explained that. And I completely understand yeah. because it's so much more than that. Completely. And when you just now told us that story about the gentleman and tearing up and him realizing, wow, that sounds so familiar. That's probably the reason. Uh, I'm so glad you told that because I feel like it's another message to all the women listening today to this podcast that do yourself uh, the favor yeah. of realizing I owe it to myself and to my partner yes. 
to go see my doctor yeah. to do some research yeah. and find out why I'm not feeling like I used to. Right. I could not imagine living my entire life yeah. not finding out the reason yeah. that I don't like sex. I mean, that's so sad. It is I, sad. I'm so happy that you cared enough about all the women in this world that oh, you pursued you. this avenue. Thank you. You know, I, I I think I felt deep empathy as I spent that year talking to women. There's nothing more rewarding than helping people who are being overlooked. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, um, you know, one in seven Americans live in a sexless marriage. One in seven. Really? One is this in stat. seven. And it's like this little secret and we don't want to say to anybody, it's the wrong kind of secret. It's not the secret that Robin <laughs> lets you in on. It's that right. secret that is shame. And we don't say it so to our sad. friends of like, hey, like, I'm not like, what's it like for you? You don't want to bring it up. And part of that is protecting your partner too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really, it is v- deeply sad to me because I think you know, sex is so much a part of Again, that connection mm-hmm. with each with our partners, but mm-hmm. also kind of our own power That's of true. how we show up in this world. That's so you know, true. Your feminine power and how you feel about yourself. And I don't think anybody should be um, without that. The word you chose, deserve, mm-hmm. is such a perfect word. Thank right? you. Women I, deserve. They do deserve it. And when I say all women deserve to have a sexual life, a yeah. sexual uh, time in their life. It's not just about the act of sex. It isn't. But it's also about you want that feeling mm-hmm. in your heart and in your mind of having sex with your husband, your partner. And that is thinking about them, thinking about when yeah. you're going to be with them, yeah. when you're going to... Ha- perform and have sex with them and and have fun with them. And you want all of that. And all of that Mm. comes with it. Yes. Having a healthy brain. Totally. And having a healthy sex life, all of that comes with it. Mm -hmm. The excitement, the anticipation, the memory of it, the thinking of it, the, the, the actual act of it. But it's not just the act. You want everything that comes with it. The connection, right? The connection. So I'll tell you... I will say, none of the women who go on our product um, successfully say, oh, now I have it, you know, sex this many times a week versus this many, whatever that is, they talk about all of those other pieces that uh-huh. you just said. And and similarly, for those dealing with this, what happens, and I think why the relationship is really in such a struggling place when they seek treatment, is when it breaks down in the bedroom, mm-hmm. it breaks down across the breakfast table. Mm-hmm. It really does. And there's a lot of studies on this about, you know, if you have a great sex life, if you're in a really good sex life, it adds some value, about 10 Mm -hmm. to 15% to a relationship. If you have a terrible sex life, it takes away almost 70% of the value Mm -hmm. in the relationship. So when it's bad, it really has an impact. That's true. You're right. Bad sex Mm -hmm. life is it's like an elephant in the room. It's turn all it, the it's time. It's honestly start the clock mm-hmm. before the relationship falls apart. That's right. I can remember when Philip and I were. Oh, we'd probably been married ten years, because I can think back about the the timing. We only had our first son at the time, and he was very young. So we'd been married about ten years, and 
we had gone to uh, uh, another, we'd traveled with another couple of couples actually to a tennis tournament. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was sitting with one of the women. She was older. She was like my age now. And uh, we were watching the guys play tennis. And I don't know what we were talking about, but she just casually said that she and her husband uh, didn't have sex anymore in their Mm -hmm. marriage. And I'll just, I remember just looking at her thinking she was joking. And I kind of was like, what? It was so foreign to me. And she said, oh, yeah, no, we don't have sex anymore. And she said, maybe once a year. And it was really, and I I looked at her thinking that she was going to start crying or anything. She wasn't, she was fine with it. And I said, really? Is there there a reason? Yeah. She said, oh, we just, you know, not that big of a deal. But she really was fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember telling Philip, and I said, she was kind of fine with it. And he goes, she wasn't fine with it. Yeah. That's what I were. I'm. I agree. I'm always. You know. I. I would never want somebody to ever. If you're not bothered by it, never take something for it, right? Yes. And, and I feel that way from from my the product perspective, from an Addy perspective. But at the same time, um, as I've talked to women for all these years, I think the truth that lies underneath is we built up a defense. It's become. You know, something happened, and now we're almost defensive about it, mm-hmm. why we're not interested, and all of these things. And if we knew that a better sex life was possible, proven scientifically, we might actually have that conversation a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. But we're, we become very guarded about it. I agree. I, yes, I agree. As I think back about it now, just having that conversation with her, and she didn't even question my shock yes, or anything. Yeah. So yeah. I think you're right. She had built up this yep. way of being and talking about it. And yes. it was it was just not it was not normal for yeah. her. It was not she she was acting mm-hmm. good at it too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how tell tell me about your background. How yes. how long have you been interested in this? Is, yeah. And, and did you study for this type of work and did you I, always know you were going to do this? N- no, nor did my family, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Who likes to say to me, Cindy, could you have done something in diabetes? <laughs> could you have done something? And I think, you know, it's so funny, my parents saying that. But the truth of that is, you know, it's been an interesting path mm-hmm. because people have a lot of reactions to yes. it. And I think it's because, you know, if you're not diabetic, you probably have no point of view on a diabetic <laughs> medication but I bet I got to tell you, everybody has a point of view on a product for women's sexuality. But I, um, I loved, I loved the field. So I'll give you my mm-hmm. crazy story. Uh, I had a wonderful professor in college who um, really knew that I had a love of business, mm-hmm. and she would make me do special assignments where I'd have to report back on, you know, why this business was better than this business. And along the way, I made this decision: I'm going to go work for Fortune's most admired company. Could have been anyone at the time. It happened to be Merck which was a huge pharmaceutical company. And I went there and I didn't love a big company environment. That became evident to me really quickly. Uh I like to be heard. I want to feel my contribution. Um, But I loved the science. And what I knew is I needed to chase innovation and that was happening in smaller companies. So I started this journey of smaller companies, smaller companies, smaller, until I started one for myself in this field. And I I really did start in this field because I'm so fascinated by those Mm -hmm. things like sex that is something that most all of us do Uh um, and yet feels very taboo. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was particularly interested in the field. And the only path I could really break into it was with a male medication because that's all we had, Uh right? And Mm -hmm. building that 
really is what set me on the path to solve it for women. Well, God bless you. I love that. Yeah. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street. Essential television. We've all seen the headlines in the news of how someone lost their life in an act of cold-blooded murder. And while it's sad and grabs your attention, most people go on with their day without giving it another thought. But have you ever stopped to think about the life of the person at the center of the news story? They were more than just a headline or a statistic. They were someone's loved one or friend. I'm Mike Morford, and my podcast, The Murder of My Family, dives into some of those stories to help listeners get to know the person who was lost and how their death affected those closest to them. Listen to The Murder of My Family everywhere you listen to podcasts. There are well over 100 episodes to binge on now. I'm going to take one small break right now and introduce our drink of the day. Yes. <laughs> because we, we do a few things here consistently with every podcast, and one is the drink of the day. And this one we're calling the Pink Lady. Oh, I love it. In honor of you. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> this has four ounces of Prosecco, one half ounce of strawberry syrup, and four mm. to five muddled raspberries. Yum. You use a sliced strawberry to rim the glass and dip in sugar. We use this pretty pink sugar today. So muddle the raspberries with the strawberry syrup in a shaker. Transfer it to the glass and top with Prosecco. This is going to bring that out for us. And all of you listeners can go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com and see this drink, see what it looks like, and have the recipe there. Make it for yourself. You're going to love it. So let's get back to to you. You're a hero. Let's call <laughs> Cindy the hero of all women because I just love anyone who really chooses to be an advocate for women. Thank you. And uh, we all women need women like you to we fight need for each us. other. Yes, you know, I, I, I agree. I feel like this experience for me was like a lesson in what it meant for women to advocate not only for themselves but for each other. Uh huh. I agree. You were Thank speaking you. earlier about your um, professor. Yes. Did you have any other people in your life that were more mentors or? You know, what's funny is I think when you don't look the part, I don't look the part of the classical um, uh, CEO in this industry, sometimes it's hard to look up mm-hmm. and see somebody who looks like you, but it became, and the good news of that, right, is that it taught me to look to my left and my right. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've had mentors every step of the way that have surprised me. They've been my peers. Mm -hmm. They've been people who've worked for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really, I got to give her so much credit that I think she saw something in me. She purposefully challenged it. Uh, She knew I was competitive. So she she poked at it to challenge me. And uh, I wish she were still alive today to see what what I um, have actually done with that. But she really did kind of set me on that path. I love that. I think you're right in that 
a lot of people will get an image in their mind when they think of a CEO. Because even myself, I'm a CEO, but I never think about it. I'm where I am today because, yes, my mother, I I have to give credit to my mother as my true mentor. Um, But also, every day I'm surrounded by some of the most talented, supportive friends. Yes, They do work for me, but I consider them friends. And uh, I think a lot of times we all should take a moment and realize where we are in life yes. and how, how we got here. No question. We have this wonderful community of women on top is what I call it. And I, yes. I love the double entendre too. I, I went through uh, the airport at LAX not that long ago and the woman in security said, I was wearing a sweater that had that on it. And she said, you know, that can mean more than one thing. I said, <laughs> I know. I know. Um, so we had, a good, we had a good conversation. <laughs> but it is really that, you know, how do you help put other women on top? And I think we all do our part um, to do that. The advocacy piece that you talked about, for me, the real heroes of this story were women who went to the FDA. They took time off of work. They arranged for childcare. They flew to Washington, D.C. and stood in a federal agency and talked about what's going on behind the doors of their bedroom. Can you imagine this? And they did it to change it for everyone. And that was, you know, witnessing that for me was, it's one thing, you know, you're, you're tough. I know, like, even despite the odds or whatever was stacked maybe against you, you thought, I, I can push through this, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to get through it. But it's entirely different to witness that, I think, in a collective yes. of women. And, uh, and that has so much informed all of my work going forward. Mm-hmm. Tell me if you feel this way as well, because I truly believe that everything we think Everything we believe about ourselves is a choice a lot Mm. of times. So I choose to believe that I can do anything. Mm -hmm. I really believe I can do anything. Nothing's going to stop me. Now, of course, some things take longer. Some things are harder to do. but, But I do have this belief that I have within me every day that there is nothing I cannot do. There is nothing I cannot accomplish. I love that. And I, I I don't know if it sounds arrogant or conceited or whatever. I don't feel that it, it is. But, but that is something that is within me, within my character. Like mm-hmm. I wake up every day. I go through life. And it's not that I say it to myself. Sure. But I live that. Yes. And I, I think that helps. I love that. And you Thank know you. what? I think it's actually the opposite of what we often say in a conversation about confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think confidence can be perceived as, to your point, that arrogance, that swagger, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. It's not that. No. And I think of all the moments in my life when my hands have been shaken mm-hmm. or my knees have been mm-hmm. shaken. Um, and But at the core, I knew I was capable. Yes. And I think that's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. That choice. Mm-hmm. I can make this happen. I am mm-hmm. capable. It may not happen on the timeline I want exactly. it to happen. It may not be the path that I imagined it would be, but I'm capable of getting there. Uh-huh. And I think that's such a better message um, really for all women is that mm-hmm. you, you got to show up and kill them with competence because you right. are capable of this. That's, right. that's exactly right. I love that word capable mm-hmm. because, um, yes, I may fail numerous times. Sure. But the belief I have in myself that I am capable, mm-hmm. that I know I can do it, yes. is enough for me. Oh. Uh, I'm going to continue fighting and working 
at what I know I want to have done mm-hmm. for as long as I need to. Yes. Because I will get it done. Yes. I love it. Or die trying. That's right. <laughs> so were the decisions hard to make or was it a natural professional progression when you started your companies? You sold two. I did. You've now sold two. Yes. So did you have that in mind when you started both of those companies? No, I knew I wanted to create the most value. And uh-huh. I think at my core, I'm really a builder. Uh-huh. Like I think there's a you know, a founder CEO and a forever CEO. Uh And I'm more of the founder. I like to build it and get it to a place Uh and create value. And I think when you do that naturally, somebody may come in and, you know, take you to the next level and then you get to go and do the next thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the decisions, I I think, you know, people sometimes think there's this master plan. Mm -hmm. Good luck. Yeah. (laughs) If if you think there's going to be it is not going to go exactly that way. Just like this path with Sprout has been unbelievable in the sense of, you know, I started out getting the science. I went to the FDA. What do I need to do? I did those studies. I met the endpoints. They turned me down. Mm. I was blindsided by that. This is just science. It's, you know, statistical significance against endpoints. That made no sense to me. I fought them. Mm -hmm. I call that the road less traveled to take on Uh the government, Uh Um, but fought them. One, Uh on the basis of science, was acquired. They shelved it. I sat in the corner crying because we'd fought so hard and now women couldn't get access, myself included. And so I fought them and now I have it back. And, you know, it wasn't six weeks ago that the very first radio ads ever turned on, and it was 10 years in the making. And, you know, I sat in my car and cried like a baby (laughs) on the radio. But, you know, who would have ever imagined that you'd sell it, you'd get it back, you'd launch it, you you know, and and that's part of the fun of the ride Uh is, I think, not being so sure, you know, exactly Exactly. how it's going to work out. (gasps) But you had the patience because yes. you believed. At the passion and at the core. Mm-hmm. I, I came back to this because not on my watch uh-huh. were women not going to be able to get this. And that was just so clear to me to get it right for women. And what I do love, you know, we were such a small team. There were 35 of us really? when we crossed this finish line. We could almost fit the entire company in a freight elevator. Uh-huh. Um, and we set out to change the conversation uh-huh. about women and sex. And then... We sold it and we thought it would march across the globe and it'd be affordable to women in ways as 35 people we wouldn't have been able to accomplish. And then they did nothing. And when I got it back, I picked up the phone and, you know, called people who'd moved on. They were in new jobs and everything else. And I said, we're going to get it right for women. Are you coming? And they dropped what they were doing and they came back. And that says everything to me. Not only my passion in this, but the passion of the extraordinary people I'm surrounded by. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm so thrilled for you, for all those people yes. that fought with you, yeah. and for all those women out there in the world right now. Thank you. You have done the amazing. Aw. That is just wonderful. So you weren't, you're fine with selling a company. Yes. I, I, I'm. I, I, we're so much alike. Yes. <laughs> I, I, because I would be too. Yeah. I, I love change. Sure. I mean, it sounds so simple, but I love change. And, and to sell it is fine as long as you know 
that it's going to be perfect. In the right hands. In the right hands. So you sold it to the perfect hands. Yes. And if not, you just go get it back. That's right. And do what it takes. You do. And, you know, for me, it's funny. In both of my companies, the decision to sell came because the acquirer was keeping the whole team. Yes. And let's be honest, it all comes down to people. It, it mm-hmm. all comes down. Mm-hmm. Give me a wonderful idea, a wonderful product, but it's the people who are going to execute it. And when they were going to keep this team that I adored, um, I knew they were in the right hands. And that was the signal with the second company when they dismantled all the people oh. who were so passionate. I was like, mm-mm, that was a sign to go back. Yes. Well, again, congratulations. So now tell us about the Pinkubator. Yes. I love oh, that name. The I love incubator. that name, the Pinkubator. <laughs> so the Pinkubator, um, enough frozen hoodies hanging out in, in spaces, drinking craft beer. Pinkubator is beautiful. It's pink um, and rosé on tap. But it's really about the work. It's really everything I experienced about advocacy and me putting my money where my mouth is, oh, embedding on other women mm-hmm. with disruptive ideas who go and try to raise money and are laughed out of the room just like I was, even though they they meet extraordinary market needs. And they push us, I think, in terms of who we imagine have the next billion-dollar ideas. I have a wonderful woman from Texas, um, 5'10", blonde, beautiful. I love it. Um, she's going to reinvent this final tap. <gasps> and, you know, it's incredible. Like 60% of the time in a hospital, we get it wrong in the first placement. It doesn't necessarily harm the patient, but it's an extraordinary cost. And she's created what I call like a stud finder um, for the spine. It figures out right where the needle should go. (gasps) It puts it in. And if Jessica shows up in the room, her name is Jessica Traver. The company is in Tuatap. If she shows up in the room, nobody's necessarily taking her seriously. But she's going to sell that company ultimately for a lot of money. She's going to disrupt the market and the next time the 510 blonde from Texas walks in the room, uh-huh. everybody's going to be like, where's my wallet? Uh-huh. <laughs> right? uh-huh. and, um, and that's as much of what we're doing uh-huh. in the Pinkubator as bringing these remarkable technologies for women by women to market. You're a one-woman shark tank. Have <laughs> <Yeah>, <laughs> you right. ever been told that? <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm I thinking. I love right? it. That's great. Wow. It's great because I think there is a different maybe conversation woman to woman, and especially like the cultural climate mm-hmm. right now. Good guys want to be helpful. They want to mentor, sponsor women, but they're sensitive sometimes to say, hey, that's not the right idea. Uh-huh. You have everything that it takes to do this. Go find the better idea. And a lot of what we do in the Pinky Bader is that too. Uh-huh. If I'm being honest, I have a lot of young women. They've grown up on Shark Tank. They see a path in entrepreneurship. Right. And I say, okay, all your sorority sisters have bought this. Now who? Yes. It's not really a scalable idea, but you've got all the DNA to go and build something brilliant. Go find the idea and come back. Oh, and we do a lot of mentoring around that as well. I love that. You you really do know what you're talking about. So what a privilege for these oh. women, for all women, but especially these young women that are coming to Me you. too. They're the, I, it's my job is the best job every day. I have people oh, show up who I have... Mean brilliant, you know, game-changing ideas. And I learned so much from them. We were talking about mentorship. Uh They're teaching me things. I have no idea even, um, you know, some of these digital things that they're working in. And uh, it's really cool. 
It's I really love fun. that. So how long has Pinkubator been? 2016. So when oh. I was sitting on the sidelines, you know, like rocking in the corner, very sad that my baby had mm-hmm. been shelved in Addy, mm-hmm. I said, come on, like pick yourself up, put on some pink stilettos, get back to work. Um, and that was 2016 when I started it. And we have about 13 companies oh. under the umbrella today that we're actively working on. We have the first ever a flushable pregnancy test coming really? to market. It's biodegradable. Um, and you know what? It's fascinating because oh, it, it begs a conversation about discretion. Mm-hmm. Most women test at work today. Mm-hmm. People don't know that. They don't want to leave it in the waste paper basket at work. Exactly. And I think only a woman would have thought of it. You're right. I am so interested and so excited to hear everything you're saying. I, like, this is phenomenal. All women yes. coming to you with their clever, brilliant ideas. Yes. Wow. So a great. flushable pregnancy yeah. test. That's that's brilliant because I can tell you, I I, I'm, I wouldn't tell you who, but I know of a celebrity yes. that took a pregnancy test, threw it out in the bin, in oh, the trash no. and behind the house and the next door neighbor's housekeeper went out to throw out the trash, knew it was this person's oh. trash. And that news got out well before it should have. Not okay. Not okay. Mm-mm. Not and, okay. Yeah, and it's such a brilliant idea. I mean, certainly you can keep it and scrapbook it if you are pregnant. Um, but, you know, you can also yeah. flush it away. And, and 80% of all the pregnancy tests on the market today are plastic. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to be. And it's just so cool Brilliant. on so many levels. And you'd love this founder. She's IT. She's like four foot nothing. Aww. She is power packed in like a pint size package. Um, brilliant engineer. And, um, you know, the problem is if she shows up in Silicon Valley to raise money, by the numbers, 2.7% of all venture funding is going to go to a female founder. 2.7. Wow. And, you know, that... Half the population is 2% of the good ideas. Give me a break. Um, And so she jumped in an Uber with me. I was doing an Uber pitch in D.C. We literally had a three-minute ride. She told me her story, and I thought, yes. Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm all in with her, and we've been on the ride together, and she's about to go to market. (gasps) I love it. Really fun. I have some great ideas. I should call you. (laughs) Now, tell me, of the 16 companies... Do you have one favorite? Oh, that's it's like you can't it's pick like your, your favorite child, I, I right? Know, you I can't know. do it. Um, I, know. I, I love them all for different reasons. Yes. I love them for, I, well, let me say, I universally love them for their founders. Yes, I can Because imagine. I really am picking people. Yes, I and can imagine. so the founders have, you know, moxie and yes. um, big ideas. So nice. and, and I should say, also guys. Uh-huh. So people think it's only women. But you know what? If a guy's <laughs> inventing something for women... I'll listen. Oh, um, I see. So That's wonderful. We have a group of guys who invented um, a technology that if I dipped my finger in a drink and touched a disc in 30 seconds, it would tell me if there was a date rape drug in yes, that drink. I love that. And that was for four guys in college who came up with it. I love it. But that. it's something that, you know, I want to see in this world for my nieces in college. Yes. Yes. Oh, that just gave me chills all over my body. That it's is so cool. A perfect idea. Thank Can you. you share just a few of the other yes. companies that have created? So we, we have, um, I have a wonderful woman who's created a biometric sensor. So she's an athlete, college oh. athlete. She injured 
And, you know, it's the end of really her, her ambition for what her career was going to be. And so she created this little sensor that you wear in your ankle, and it starts to learn patterns of movement. So it learns how you move, and then it warns you if you start to deviate in movement that you might injure. And, you know, it's just wow, such a brilliant. cool technology. Even if you're a weekend warrior or you're a marathoner or whatever that may be, it's like one other set of in intervention, I think, that can give you a wave in saying you're overtraining, you're starting to move a little differently. And, um, and her story is so compelling. Uh, she came from, you know, really humble beginnings. She knew that her path into college would be to get an athletic scholarship. And then she injured. Mm. And she didn't want to see that happen to somebody else. Um, so that company is called Fathom. Her name is Ivana. And it's oh. just, you know, when she came in to pitch me the first time, not that I can ever give it away. Like as soon as she told me her story, I was like, I'm in. I'm in. Um, yeah, I got to put her through the paces oh, a little bit more. Wow. But um, that's an awesome one. I we have to get one of those for Philip. Oh, it's so, he, it's so he cool. He plays tennis and he works out oh, yeah. every day. He plays yes. tennis and he's very fit and and he has injured himself. He's from college football, he's yes. got bad knees, and yeah, da, da, da. I'm gonna have to get him. I have those. a big brother like that who keeps he keeps blowing out his knees. Yes. So this was for him too. Oh. Um, we have a, a Alzheimer's uh, company that we're working with. You know, Alzheimer's disproportionately two thirds of Alzheimer's cases are women, mm. and then if you look at um, the impact for us for us as caregivers, mm -hmm. it's really a not only is it a huge issue for the population it's really disproportionately a huge issue for women. And um, unfortunately, in medicine, despite the fact that everyone has been chasing a medication, none have come up successful for years. That's and so horrible. we really think about Alzheimer's today almost as diabetes type 3, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. inflammatory with a constellation of symptoms. And this is backed by the best research. It's an IBM Watson uh, person who came in, did a study of every piece of literature for all these contributory factors, and it can at least set you on a path to think about everything from thyroid issues to, you know, cognitive exercises, et cetera. I love it. Wow. Um, I think that so many of us now have, you know, done a kit. Mm -hmm. um, we know that we might be carrying a gene. Mm -hmm. we'll okay, great. Now you've told me that. What do I do with exactly. it? Exactly. Um, and this is an opportunity to take a next step with a, you know, healthcare practitioner wow. riding alongside of you. So, you know, that's something I'm very excited about a new, um, I shouldn't say that it's not a new technology in breast cancer. Mm -hmm. It's an existing technology in breast cancer that isn't being offered. Um, that doesn't make any sense to me. So when women elect radiation, they typically go in for 31 to 35 days Every time they go in, a button is pressed. The hospital makes a thousand dollars. It's often very difficult for women if they don't live in a you know urban center, and um, and you could actually get all of that radiation in one yeah. one dose. You'd yeah. actually get exposed to less radiation. <gasps> so these are the things in women's health that I say, no. Oh. If women deserve power, everything in the pinky beater is really power in, in the hands of women. Uh huh giving them the power it is their choice. When I went back to, you know, going back to Addie, it was so telling that 26 times we looked at benefits and risks. And I should say, all medications have risks. So you really are making that evaluation. But with 26 times we looked at that with risks mm -hmm. and we'd said to men, you decide with your doctor. Yes. But not once with women. Wow. 
hand the decisions over, and I think women are incredible, um, you know, with the power in their hands yes. to make the right decisions for themselves. Wow. I love that young <clears throat> women do not have to suffer their entire lives yes. because of what you've done. Yeah. We do something else for this podcast, yes. and we're going to do that now. We play a game. Oh, I love it. So My brothers now, and I are very competitive with games. Oh, I am too. I'm so competitive, <laughs> especially when it comes to <laughs> games because I like winning. That's right. <laughs> so the name of this game is called Real or Really Made Up. Okay. And I'm going to read off <clears throat> business names. Oh, my gosh. And you, because you're so creative at naming <laughs> businesses, but I'm going to read off these business names. Yes. And you tell me if you think it's real. Okay. Or if it's made up. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the first one is Drunk Elephant. Real. Yes, it is. It's real. It's a skincare company. I've always loved that name. I love, I got to tell you, I think I know that because we talk about addressing the pink elephant in the yeah. room, which is women's low desire. So everything elephant I've looked up. Oh, how fun. Yeah, mm. I saw that Drunk Elephant one time. I ordered something from the, from that line and it's on my, it's in the cabinet in my vanity and such it's a just good name. so cute. It's a good name. <laughs> okay. Sherlock Holmes Locksmith and Security Systems. <laughs> um, not real. It's real. It is. Okay. Security <laughs> company located in San Jose, California. And it's Sherlock. Oh, it that's good. Like Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Delusions of grandeur, event planning. I'm going to say not real. It's made up. Okay. <laughs> it's made up. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Planet of the Grapes Wine Bar. Oh, okay. I, I hope that's real because it's excellent. I love it that. It is name. excellent. It's real. It's located <laughs> in Dalton, Georgia. All right. I'm going to make my way there. Is that's, Dalton out just outside of Atlanta? Uh, Maybe. <laughs> I don't know exactly where it's. Is it close to Atlanta? <laughs> the girls here in the office in Tulu, our gentlemen, made up the ones that are made up, but they've looked at <laughs> up every one of them to make sure. Okay, the next one is The Boring Company. No, not real. It's real. It is. Tunnel Construction Company founded by Elon Musk. You're kidding. Ah, okay. I feel okay. like I should have known that. Rocky Mountain Bridal Boutique. I'm going to say real. It's made up. Oh. <laughs> you guys. Rocky Mountain. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. The next one. Skin spray airbrush tans. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say made up. It's made up. Okay. The next one. <laughs> Harry Poppins Pet Nannies. <laughs> I, I have to say real. Just because It's real. It is. <laughs> Located in Bristow. Virginia. That's amazing. <laughs> okay. Tequila Mockingbird Bar. Hmm. I, this, I like it. I, I think it should be real. It not, is real. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, did y'all make this up for me? <laughs> now, where is that? I might need to visit it. Uh, it's located in San Francisco, California. Okay, good. We're going. <laughs> Great grocer, grocery store. No way. That has to be made up. It's made up. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, that was all of them. That's great. You guys are Okay, funny. how did I do? <laughs> Were we keeping score? Yeah, you you did very well. <laughs> I think you just only missed like one or two. I missed Elon Musk, though. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's boring company. Boring. Okay, well, this is all the time we have for today. Let me just say, wow. Oh. <laughs> you are so inspirational, Cindy. Thank you, Robin. I appreciate it. Well, right back at you. 
You're so welcome. Thank you. And can you tell our listeners how to find you online and how they can learn more about the Pinkubator? Yes, please. <clears throat> so I hope you'll follow me on social. I'm at Cindy Pink CEO. I answer my DMs, so send me one. Oh, and, um, I follow you And you already. can find me at thepinkceiling.com. So all the information, if you want to pitch us at the Pinkubator is there. And then it's addy.com. That's so wonderful. And Cindy is proof that women have superpowers. I really, truly believe that. Thank you. Secret Squad, follow this podcast on social media at I've Got a Secret Podcast. Comment on our latest posts and tell me what your favorite part about this podcast was. And of course, visit I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for your fill of behind the scenes extras and fun. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.